0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This
1: is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined in a a different studio than normal, so apologize if it sounds a little wonky. Michael Papp is a VSBN 1067. Friend, how are you?
2: I'm great. I am great. Football is back. It's Had a game great week. weekend. Happy game week to you. I won my fantasy draft. I got to watch a really bad football game and sure. a really fun two really fun football games, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, two games that came all the way down to the wire. I mean, just honestly, I'm euphoric. Euphoric. Huh? Yeah. Okay. And unrelated, but Premier League Lacrosse had uh, their last week of the regular 100% season. 100% unrelated, you're right. Had their uh, last weekend of the season, or the regular season, and it was uh, some awesome games. I mean, playoff seeding came down to the very last game. I know you um, you want to talk about Week Zero
1: and some of the implication mm-hmm. it has on Auburn. We'll touch on that in just a second, but I think this is interesting. I want to get your thoughts on that cause this, because I know you like betting, and I know you like to look at lines, and mm-hmm. I think it's because you're a math nerd, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, the engineer in you. Uh, appealing to this but yeah Auburn opened as a six and a half point favorite against Oregon and now that it's game week they are seen as just a three and a half point favorite against the ducks in Arlington this Saturday. What do you think about
2: that? Uh, it makes sense honestly that means that t- typically that means that so much money has been coming in on Oregon that that they've moved the line down so that people will bet on Auburn to get you know the same amount of money on both sides. I think six and a half is a lot. Uh, starting a true freshman quarterback, when the line originally came out, it was in the spring or the beginning of the summer. So, right, you know, a lot has happened really for both teams since then. So it's not really surprising that the the line has crawled all the way back. But
1: yeah, I, I wonder if you're not starting a true freshman. I wonder how much this changes in Vegas's eyes if Joey's the starter. Because because I feel like more. Things have happened to Oregon since then. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. their number one receiver going down for the first six to eight weeks of the season. I think that's a far bigger deal than, you know, Bo Nix winning the quarterback battle. You
2: know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't disagree with that at all, but there's, first of all, a lot of it does have to do with money coming in. So one Oregon better could have come and placed a massive bet on Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, whatever book this is could have been like, well, we need to adjust. So that money will come in on Auburn, and right. so they they drop the Auburn they drop the line a bunch. What's the biggest bet you've ever placed? I think like fifty dollars. What was it on? Do you remember? No, I don't
1: remember. My biggest I put a hundred dollars once on uh, Mayweather hmm. to beat
2: Pacquiao. No, to beat the UFC dude. Oh McGregor, yeah, that was yeah. free money. That was weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I don't think that was a smart bet, but we can get into that later. It, it paid
1: off, but that's fine. That's I mean, fine.
2: Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty.
1: Amen to that.
2: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, because I mean, I only won like a hundred and like fifteen bucks. So yeah, so you won fifteen dollars and bet a hundred. But yeah, I just thought it was such a sure thing. But whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, there's a lot of NFL action happening over the weekend with it being mm-hmm. the third preseason game. It's really the only week of the preseason that matters, and. A lot of Auburn movement. You know, Rudy Ford got traded. Uh, Jeff Holland got cut for the second time this preseason, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know Brandon King, which I think that's kind of the the Auburn camp that doesn't like Gus Malzahn. I think Brandon King is like their poster child because uh, you know he, he never started at Auburn and he's played like over a thousand snaps for the Patriots and you know has has multiple Super Bowls. But he's uh he's on IR. He tore his quad, which
2: sounds incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. And just one last thing. As long as we're talking about the professional hype for Oregon mm-hmm. with their professional players, I mean that's typically enough to move the line. Also, but it's really just Herbert, right? Yeah, it's Herbert and bringing back five seniors on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Two of which could have, two of which contemplated going pro last season, or after last season.
1: Yeah, I still think Auburn has. The better matchup in that, I would rather be Auburn's defensive line than Oregon's offensive line.
2: I agree. I, be- I think because
1: those Oregon guys that t- t- thought about going pro, like I don't think they're first round guys. They could be after this year, you know, if they mm-hmm. they develop. But I mean, Derek Brown's a first rounder if he goes last year. Prince Co, Prince Co, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which is if you fuse Prince Tega and Nick Co, not I kid, but you know, Nick Co, I think would have been loved by the NFL. Same with Marlin. So I think. I just think there's more natural talent on on the defensive front. I mean, Auburn's defensive line is going to be the ones, one of the best units in the country. I mean, that's that's been the storyline all summer. That still remains to be true. Unless Oregon's offensive line just plays out of their mind, which they very well could. You know, I mean, they're a veteran group. That's what you want up front. But I just really think Auburn's going to be able to, to be very physical up front. I, I think both defenses are going to play really well this week.
2: Yeah, and I don't want it to sound like I'm arguing with you, and I just want to kind of present the other side. Okay, this Oregon offensive line is also being talked about in, as one of the top five in the country. They're being talked about. They're on the uh, the Remington list.
1: Yeah,
2: or or whatever the top offensive line in the country. Um,
1: yeah, I think Remington's just the center. But, okay, uh, but I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, know, they, I know they're getting national recognition. Yeah,
2: yeah, and. Uh, I know Trevor Maddich just did a, a story on them on e- for ESPN. I mean, they, is that what we watched in Nashville? Is that what was yeah, on? I yeah. think so. Yeah. They, uh, so uh, while I do think m- more of the time, the defensive lines get the best of the uh, better get the better of the good offensive lines, just because the defensive lines can do more to confuse the offensive lines. Uh, and it's, and they can do more to stay fresher. Like typically, your five offensive linemen play every snap, every mm-hmm. game. Right. And that's just not the case for defensive lines. And so, especially Auburn's. Mm-hmm. This it's, it's incredibly gonna be, it's gonna be deep, crazy. I mean, but
1: there's talk of 11 guys getting relevant game snaps this year. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. 11. We'll see. I'm, I can't wait to that, That's Is one it of the things. I'm Are they to too deep? To. <laughs> that I think that's worth asking. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it's going to take away reps from your top guys. You mm-hmm. know, it's like. It's going to be crazy to see. I can't wait to see what Rodney Garner does with that. The NFL season begins next week. Week, Wow. Which means Crossover Wednesday will be back for the entire regular NFL season. You will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from Opposing Sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, And be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. That's Crossover Wednesday across the Locked On
0: That's kabotaorangedays.com
1: I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say FetchMe also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. FetchMe does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. FetchMe is the best in the business. Go check out FetchMe at fetchme.delivery.com and use promo code FETCHME20 to get your first delivery free. That's FETCHME20 for your first delivery free. Which Locked On NFL podcast is your favorite, man? The Browns. Yeah. Go I'm, Browns. I'm a locked on Patriots guy. Surprise uh to, to no one. So I know you wanted to, t- to talk about the week zero games, but before we jump into that, I had multiple people tweet at me this weekend, and I think it had to do with, you know, our, our fantasy draft was Saturday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have reached out and said that we need to do a listener league. And I'm skeptical that we could get enough mm. people. So if you are interested in doing a listener league, DM me at zblackerby.com. If you want to be in the listener league, or uh, or, or or
2: just tweet at me, and uh, actually, we'll, let's see how many folks we can get. We can do a college football fantasy football league, or an SEC football fantasy league, if we'd like to. Okay. So, I may need your help setting that up. I haven't done that before. Is it through Yahoo? I believe so. Yeah.
1: Okay. But yeah, if you're interested in either of those, please reach out to me. I, I think it'd be fun. I'm just skeptical that that we can get enough people that are in that, but uh yeah all right cool so I, I know you have some notes and, and some points that you want to talk about from the Florida's game
2: yeah and what a
1: disaster that was yeah
2: don't tune out because it is going to be Auburn related we're not just we are going to stay here with what you want to hear
1: and you know I, I think it is relevant because you and I both agreed when we were talking about if we had to pick one game that Auburn will lose yeah is your we both said Gainesville mm-hmm. and you know I had a few people tweet at me and ask you know why Gainesville and I don't think we ever really touched on that but there's a
2: you got to start with the swamp is one of the hardest games, the hardest places to play in the mm-hmm. country. I mean, it's notorious for it.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And but I'm a little more hesitant after watching them Saturday. They
2: absolutely looked, they looked terrible. That
1: is not a top ten mm-hmm.
2: team. You were definitely correct about that. And you know, I through this whole offseason, have been super high on Florida, expecting them to take that next step. Um, Over the past, I guess, decade, you've come to expect from the Florida defense to be this, like, huge, physical, fast defense that is all about, you know, hitting, making big plays, blah, blah, blah. They could not tackle air. Right. I could have gained five yards against that Florida defense. And... I don't think I could gain five yards against the Auburn high school defense right now. I mean, well, and and the thing about that is, you know, a lot of people are saying,
1: well, you know, it's sloppy. It's, you know, early in the season, you know, they get a little less time than everybody else to prepare. And while all that is true, the thing is, is like basic tackling and basic fundamentals, that stuff you work on in spring and early in fall camp. you can't do that. Once
2: the season starts. And Miami couldn't tackle for Florida's first drive or first two drives. And then the ESPN, announcers made a point t- to show Manny Diaz lighting up his defense on the sideline. And we're like, and Maria Taylor was like, yeah, he's getting after him. Cause they're not tackling. And the rest of the game, the defense played lights out. Maria Taylor's really good at her job, by the way. Absolutely. I think she's the best in the business on the sideline. I'm partial to Laura Rutledge. That's she's up there too, for sure. Yeah. Uh, She's an FOP by the way. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, so I just, I guess that points to coaching and Todd Grantham is a great defensive coordinator. So right. I just, I mean, and credit to the Florida defense, they did have 10 sacks. Um, so that's a little scary, but the the Miami offensive tackles had no business being on the same field. They didn't as the even Florida. slow them down, yeah, man. It, that was.
1: And so, you know, obviously that's going to be a story going into the game, you know, can, you know.
2: Taga. Well, let's and, see what
1: tega has got, mm-hmm. you know, and. and so, But but still, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think this is a top-ten team.
2: Yeah, and it's starting with that defense, and for a secondary group that's being talked about as one of the best in the country, to make as many just boneheaded, stupid penalties, stupid plays, stupid fouls, that, that I mean, they kept Miami in that game, especially in the fourth quarter, and especially late. I mean, on fourth, okay, well, that, but but that is something you can that is
1: something you can get better at as the season goes on.
2: I agree with that. But as far but, as
1: missed tackles and just like a lack of toughness and a lack of intensity, I don't think you can change that. I think that's just
2: a team culture thing. maybe the those guys, the uh the defensive ends with the 10 sacks, maybe they'll turn around and start getting after their uh, defensive backs. Yeah, like what else do we have to do? Yeah. Right. Um so so that's got to I mean, that's got to have you feel way better about going to play in the swamp. Just that, I mean, they could not stop the Miami running backs. Miami fumbled the ball seven times or something, and Florida couldn't pick
1: couldn't pick it up. Right? Yeah. So I'm actually changing my pick on that. Like, I I think Auburn
2: wins in Gainesville now. And then there was some other weird coaching. The lack, the complete lack of discipline is on coaching. I mean, that's the the only way to put that is that it's on coaching. And maybe it's because it's week zero and they'll figure it out by week one. But. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then my other major takeaway is from Miami. You got to feel way better about starting a f- true freshman quarterback now. Oh, that's I mean, a great point. W- Miami started a true freshman quarterback, and that guy was a baller. I mean, he played really well, especially for yeah. a guy who got sacked ten times. Yeah, if I, I got sacked ten I, times, I, I bet Bo Nix is oh better than that kid too. I yeah, mean, based on, on everything paper, we've heard, he is.
1: Yeah, exactly
2: um and then this i saw this morning from Stuart Mandel at the Athletic sure there is a f- true freshman quarterback that is going to start in 3 of the 5 power conferences and um
0: it's Kubota Orange Day Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors zero mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA and now through June 30 get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
2: Mountain Boise State's got one also. So And the Mountain West is like conference number six, probably. I think of the, the guy
1: starting at Boise is coached by the same quarterback coach as Joey Gatewood. Oh, good fun, for him. Fun fact. Yeah. Shout out Friend to of the Thompson. program.
2: Yeah. FOP. Um, so that that's just kind of a fun tidbit about freshmen. I mean, Miami, North Carolina, both starting freshmen. Well, that's the new Arizona fad, State right? starting it's like, freshmen. You know,
1: and Oprah and, and was kind of in this boat, you know, watching to when, when he came to the national championship. And then obviously Trevor Lawrence. But it's uh, Jalen Hurd. It's. Okay, cool. You know, every, I think every fan base wants this awesome phenom, super talented, true freshman to come in and play for them. And Auburn finally has theirs. And then as soon as it happens, it's almost seen as like a negative. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing. I mean, even if you go to Shermer at Vanderbilt or Bentley at South Carolina, I mean, we're seeing what you know how it benefits your team. That you know, if your freshmen are good, go ahead and play them and honestly the leash on coaches right now is so short that play your best guy your best guy has to play you can't be planning for the future
0: That's and, good and as
2: much loyalty as you want to show to the older guys you know if the freshman's better you got to play him and i thought the miami quarterback uh williams i don't remember his first name but i thought he played really really well uh, especially for for the amount of pressure that he was under also the last drive of the game miami had a 10 play Fourteen yard drive, that was aided by two pass interference penalties. Yeah, one was like fourth and like twenty or something like that. It was fourth and thirty-four. Was it? It was that much. That's crazy.
1: It was fun. Can watching you imagine it,
2: watching Auburn have a drive that was ten plays long and they made made it fourteen yards? No, no, I cannot
1: comprehend that.
2: I, like I, I loved watching that game. I cannot imagine being a Miami or Florida fan. But it was tough to watch, no doubt about it. I mean, the most recent
1: detrimental penalty that I can think of is that pass interference call against LSU last year for Auburn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's. Yeah, they had
2: two in that last drive. Oh, it was two. Mm -hmm. You're right. I mean, that's pretty similar. I think yeah, but I mean, for Florida, it was like the interception—just a horrible interception with five minutes left. Where it's like, yeah,
1: Felipe Franks ain't it?
2: Yeah, where it's like, you know, the coaching staff. How could you throw the ball? And they're like, I don't know. We trust our third-year starting quarterback not to throw the ball into three Miami defenders. And I'm cool with you being aggressive and passing the football because if you get a first down or two, the
1: game's over. I'm totally fine with it. Some people hate the play call. I don't hate the play call, but you have to have the awareness of it's you. You can throw an intercept, uh, yeah, an incompletion there. Yeah. Just do not turn the ball over, and don't throw it into the belly of a Miami defender. I mean, he was going to make that throw no matter what. Yeah. I mean, you could have put five guys right there. He was going to make that throw. It's just the the predetermined. Like you, you could do that as a freshman. You can't do that as a third year starter.
2: And then the Miami Arizona or not Miami Arizona the the Hawaii Arizona game for those of you who didn't stay up to watch was incredible. A ton of points scored. Um, Cole McDonald, the the Hawaii quarterback, had four touchdown passes and three interceptions in the first half. And so my big takeaway from that game is we can't panic as Auburn fans that Cole McDonald made a bunch of mistakes in the first half. He made three of them through three interceptions, but Hawaii put up a bunch of points and they won the game. We know Bo Nix is going to make mistakes. He is a true freshman. Mm -hmm. You got to just kind of stay the course. He's going to figure it out. He's going to make good plays. He's going to throw touchdown passes and, you know Auburn's going to win some football games this yeah, season.
1: That's something that I'm concerned about with his coaching staff because I, I think it's going to be an ugly game this weekend. I think both the defenses are going to outplay both of the offenses. And I, I haven't heard a ton about this Oregon defense. I haven't looked
2: into them a ton
1: either. I, I but... don't think it's going to be about the Oregon defense, though. I think it's going to be more about the Auburn
2: offense. This is my yep, prediction. That may be this true. That's just my prediction. And I mean, having five returning starters on the offensive line will definitely help.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And yeah, you know, I think they're going to want to run the football. But my thing is, like, if Oregon stops that, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's Bo ready. And we don't know. I don't think we'll know. I, I don't think the coaching staff can know. I think they can think. You know yeah. what I mean? But I don't think anyone could truly know if he's ready or not. But my biggest fear is it starts out slow. You know, Auburn scores, you know, a touchdown or just three points, you know, in the first half. And I hope, I hope they stick to their guns, yeah. you know, um, and, and I've been pro Joey Gatewood all summer, but it's like, okay, you've made your decision. Now, no matter what Bo does, like he's going to win you this game or he's
2: going to lose you this game. It's, it's, it's up to Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta give him a chance mm-hmm. Then I, I completely, yeah. Agree. even if he
1: makes mistakes early, which I I think he will at least make one or two mistakes in the first half. I mean, that's just kind of part of it and you know if you're Oregon you're going to throw all kinds of stuff oh yeah you're going to try to confuse the heck out of them you know I got I would have guys standing up on the edge I would you know try to confuse the heck out of them as far as you know who's blitzing I would do everything you possibly can from a coverage standpoint just just throw the guy I mean you do not want Bo Nix to get comfortable because once he does I think this game's over I, I just think the the difference in talent from top to bottom I I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn wins this by more than two scores. I, I really think really? Auburn's going to handle this game,
2: yeah. Um, I, I tend to think it's going to be a little closer, if for no other reason than it's week one. Um, okay. Uh, both teams really ch- trying to feel stuff out. Obviously, Justin Herbert, you imagine. Right. I mean, he's going to get his. He, he's a, a good enough quarterback that... He's going to make his plays. All right, what
1: do you think getting his in this game is? Just because Auburn's defense is so good. I mean, I I just have a hard time seeing them score 17.
2: Yeah, I'd look a little bit towards kind of what Jake Browning did against Auburn last year. Um, I know we're going to use that Washington game as a pretty good comparison. uh, I think that team was a lot better, though. Don't you? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I just feel like... Auburn's not going to throw a lot at Herbert that's going to confuse him. They're not going to throw a lot at him that's going to – he's not going to get rattled. He's not going to be afraid of this defense. I, I just think – I think he's going to complete 70% of his passes probably. And wow. I mean, th- well, that's what you expect from a guy who's supposed to be a top-five draft pick. I just think it's going to be
1: I, – I think it's going to be a, a dirtier game than that. I think, I think there's going to be a lot of hitting quarterbacks. I think there's going to be a lot of contested throws – I think there's going to be a lot of guys who need to catch the football in traffic. I, I really think this Auburn defense is going to be suffocating against Oregon.
2: I really mm-hmm. I really believe that. Hey, man, I, I hope that you're right. Yeah. And I hope that the Oregon offense isn't able to make the adjustments and make a bunch of short passes you think, or dump do you, offs. Do you think or... I'm too high on Auburn in this matchup? I It's not that I think you're too high. I think maybe I'm just a little more tentative. Not, I'm not ready to go. What do you that think, What far. do you think is
1: making you tentative? Is it Bo? Is it the coaching staff? Is it just kind of the nature of it being week one? You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, probably a little week
2: one. A little like I, I'm just not like I don't really get the Oregon hype. If that makes sense, like everyone it's keeps, Herbert, and after that, I I don't really get it. And the offensive lines, like everyone yeah. keeps telling me, Oregon's supposed to be this great team, this national title contender, and they just weren't very good last year. I think, they weren't that good. I think the fact
1: that they're ranked higher than Auburn and Vegas is still like no Auburn's favored. It's not by as much as they originally said, but there's a reason those buildings are really
2: big in Vegas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, obviously, that's a fact. I don't need to agree with that. No, but. you can agree with it. <laughs> Tell me how um, great my opinion is. Yeah. I love it. I thrive
1: off of it. I just... What do you think of the gloat um, tweeting mean things at you now?
2: I'm thrilled. I love gloat, I, Steve.
1: I, I laugh every time he tweets something mean at you because he mean, he does it with love.
2: Yeah. And it's so just carefully crafted because he's the gloat. I really appreciated him saying that my take on Bo Nicks from Friday's episode was really good. Um, sure. Yeah. My take on Bo Nix is that he's going to be good, or that he is good, mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. Maul in on Bo Nix, as the Auburn Tigers should be. Um, this, game in, this game in Dallas is a big question mark for me. Oh, the Gloat asked a question two days oh, ago stop. on Twitter. You what went, is it? Should I read it out loud? Absolutely. Breaking news from Friday. First, he said, surprisingly
1: good take by at couch that the Bo Nix is good on Friday's Locked on Auburn podcast. Question for next week. What is a stat? What is a statistical success for Bo? Win loss record, QB stats. Um,
2: all right. So for win loss, I would say nine. Yeah. Okay. So you asked this question on a uh, on a ten questions earlier in the summer. You asked, I believe Painter and I, or Painter and me. You asked Painter and me um, what success was for either Nix or Joey Gatewood, and I said nine wins. And you didn't like the answer because wins aren't a quarterback statistic. But I'm answering Colonel Steve's question. I know. But I I'm just saying I agree with you. Nine wins. I think that is the measure that we should say that Bo is successful for the season. I don't think his statistics matter. I don't think his completion percentage matters. I think if he can lead this Auburn team to nine wins this season, no one will sit back and be like, Auburn did not have a good season. Unless their three losses are to like, you know, Tulane Mississippi State and Arkansas. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, then he asked after QB stats, TD slash INT slash completion percentage. I mean, I think anything over 65 you take, I think anything over 60 is fine. It's probably enough to win. And then touchdowns, if he can go... Over
2: 60 is expected. I think over 65 would be a tremendous season. Yeah, and for touchdowns, if he can go 20
1: and... I think the interceptions is where it's going to be. I think that's going to be his biggest issue. But if he can stay below 10 on the interceptions, I think I'd be fine. I think that's enough. Really? hmm
2: I'd love for him to be under, I guess, three-quarters of an interception a game. I know that sounds weird, but I guess that puts him at, like, seven or eight on the season. Um, that's where I think that would be great for him. Um, 10, I feel like, is a little high. Um, I like that touchdown number, about 20. Uh, a big thing that he did in high school that I know Bill Cameron is super excited about is that he took, like, one sack all of high school, his whole high school career. He started for four years, and he took, like, one sack. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, or, or two sacks, something like that. He took zero sacks as a senior. And they played a lot of extra games just because the playoffs yeah. in Alabama is crazy. Mm-hmm. So. so, I mean, that's that's something that uh, hopefully he'll be able to help out the offensive line a little bit, whether it's, you know, throwing quick passes or using his feet to get outside of the pocket and make things happen.
1: Yeah. So it, we're about to wrap up here. If you're interested in a listener fantasy football league, please uh, reach out to me on Twitter at zblackerby, or you can email the show at locked on Auburn at gmail.com.
2: Let us know if you want to do uh, pro football, college football, or just, the SEC. Yeah, or, or if you don't care, you just want to be involved. That's fine, too. Where can people find you and hear you, bud? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. And they can uh, listen to me on After the Game, this live from Sky- Saturday This Saturday, yeah. Yes. I don't think I'm going to be on the whole show this Saturday. I only think I'm yeah, going to be. Because you're going to the game. Yeah, I'm going to the game. And then we've made some decisions around here. I'm going to go get on uh, audio after go listen to the press conference. So we will have that for you guys next Monday. They also can hear you Thursday night. Yes. Thursday night, SEC report on ESPN 106.7 from seven to 9
1: PM. Perfect. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Black, follow the show on Twitter at locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the locked on Auburn podcast.
0: Hey, prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music.